Welcome to Timebender Talks, the ultimate destination for professional photographers. This weekly podcast is hosted by Peggy McCartha, a certified professional photographer with over 30 years experience and the creator of the Headshot Strategist Certification Program. Peggy interviews a diverse range of experts in business, branding, marketing, networking, and photography. So whether you've been doing this for years or you're just starting out, we've got you covered. Oh, and don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you don't miss out on our latest episodes filled with tips, insights, and lots of fun. I am so excited because my friend Monica M. Henderson is with us today. And it is always fun when Peggy and Monica hang out together. I'm just saying it's it's always it's always a real thing. And Monica is in her uh, spaceship today. Um, her, I, maybe she's in her time travel machine. Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> that's right. I am becoming a time vendor as well. There you go. <laughs> Monica, thank you so much for taking the time to hang out with me today. Tell everyone else here how um, a little bit about yourself and where you are on your journey, because I feel like I'm pretty much up to speed with some of the things you're doing, but I want everyone else to know your awesomeness. Ah, well, thank you. Thank you. Uh for admitting that I do have awesomeness. Uh, my, uh, so my specialty is, I call myself a genius activator. And what I focus on is organic intelligence and self-automation. Uh, essentially, what everyone needs to understand is if you don't hack yourself, you will whack yourself. And so that's so, I know, right? That's, that self-automation is really about kind of how do you hack yourself so that you can actually do the things that you know you need to do, you know you needed to do it, but for some reason it just can't get done. Uh, that's kind of what the self-automation is about. So we do all kinds of wonderful things uh, on a daily basis to kind of make sure that you are hacking yourself in that process. Uh, and then uh, really tapping into your zone of genius so that you can use your organic intelligence right? Not leaning too heavily on other intelligence, but your own organic intelligence, pull that forward uh, so that you can build a business and a life that is healthy, wealthy, and fulfilled. Um, Monica and I have been friends in real life for several years now. And um, when, when we call Monica the genius activator, I, I just want you to know she's absolutely the genius activator. She seems to be able to see things in people that we don't see in ourselves. Um, and it's funny because years and years ago, she was like, Peggy, what's your like five year, your 10 year, like, where are you going with your business? And I was like, I don't know, I'm just gonna take pictures of people. That's what I do. <laughs> And she was, you were like, no, really, what, what is your goals? What do you want to do? And I was like, well, I would really love to have a business that was big enough. And I had enough clients that I could hire other photographers and pay them like a real amount, not this, you know, freelance $25 an hour thing, but really pay them 
what it, what you know they're really worth and have them work for me and really we could just like take take over the world and that was gosh seven years ago yeah. do you think <laughs> yeah <laughs> and uh and it was kind of funny because now i don't have uh i don't have a business that has photographers working for me but instead i'm helping photographers make money and so it's kind of still in line with that dream and you know when you asked me that i just literally i had never thought about anything outside of my own photography business like that's all i did like i do my thing and i'd have this fleeting thought now and then about like it'd be cool to, to be able to really grab some good photographers and really boost their business uh, but you know the the way that it unfolded is really because um, Monica saw that in me and she'd poke and poke and poke and poke and I'd kick and scream and <laughs> say, stop it. <laughs> and yes, it's a little temper tantrum now and then, um, but, but we need people in our life like that. And I hope this podcast kind of pokes at you guys once in a while and like gets you excited to go out and really flourish in what you're doing. But this month, we are talking about being a heart-centered business. Ooh. And so I want to know uh, what you, why you like helping people really live in their heart-centered, their passion, and doing what they want. And you use your genius and your, your passion to do that. So tell us about heart-centered businesses. Yeah. Um, so if you're doing anything for money, right? Uh, you ideally want to be doing something that you actually enjoy and that feels good. Uh, but most of the time when we're young, right, especially when we're coming out of high school, they're like, go out and get a good job and make sure you could pay those bills, right? Um, and I have kind of decided that like, after hearing countless people who have lots of money, countless about how, you know, yeah, more money, more problems, more issues, those kinds of things. I thought, well, maybe that's not really the path. And so I've been really passionate about kind of like, how do we marry the two things, right? Who I really am and what I love and how I how I want to serve and, and be seen and express myself in the world and how I support myself financially. And so that's always the conversation that I'm having with people. You can have both. Like you can have a career that you absolutely love and you go in and both sides of your brain are on fire, both the creative side and the practical side are playing in the same space and also pay for where you live and how you do things and, and have enough money to do that. It is very possible to do both. But for some reason, we've all been kind of convinced that it, that's that's for the lucky ones, right? It's only for certain people or lucky people or for people who have parents who have lots of money and they don't have to worry about anything because they have a trust fund. It's only for them and it's not for everyone else. But the reality is there are certain things that we all love that we can find in jobs on a daily basis, right? We can find every single day, right? I know I love to be in service, right? I feel weird when I don't have something to do to help someone. Like literally, I go to a wedding, I'm like, y'all need help with anything? Uh, can I pass some trays? Like I just enjoy being of service to people, right? So finding a job 
that allows me to be in service gives me that opportunity to be able to do that. It doesn't necessarily have to be some like CEO position, you know, top of the hill, top of the building. And so all of that kind of mindset that we've been indoctrinated into this entire time about like, oh, only certain people can have jobs that they love and get paid for it. You got to be an athlete or a singer or an actor or, or a rich person to be able to do that. That is one of the main myths uh, that we like to kind of debunk about this. And then the other part is that you can't do what you love in a way that it, uh, serves people uh, in ordinary and everyday experiences. And this is what I love about photography because photography has so much range. There are so many ways that you can be a photographer, right? So if you love taking pictures, if you enjoy being behind the lens and like having this creative eye on how you're seeing this one moment happening in front of you, there's a thousand and ways, one ways you can do that. And it actually can directly tie to how you like spending your time, right? So if you love sports, you can be a sports photographer. If you love, um, if you love weddings, right? You're like, oh my god, I love weddings. You can be at all the weddings. <laughs> if you love babies and puppies or nature, whatever it is, there's so many ways that you can actually be a photographer in that space. And so that's why the this industry of photography is so amazing because it actually is allowing you to be able to tie your passion behind having a perspective and a point of view. Right. And being able to pull the beauty of whatever it is that you love having a point of view about forward. You get to say so many things for the only one picture. Right. A picture is worth a thousand words and you get to express yourself in such a beautiful way. Absolutely. I and, and you know, there are times that you have to do, you know, jobs that you don't necessarily love. But bottom line, it's like I still get to use the tools that I love and you know, even though maybe I don't like doing events or weddings, I still, you know, you got to pay the bills. You got to do these here and there. You got to do these things. But bottom line, all in all, I don't have to sit in a cubicle <laughs> for eight plus hours a day. And, you know, I get to do the things that I am passionate about and that I love. And I think that no matter what that is, whether it's if you love cleaning, then then do that for a living. And, you know, people, we need all the things. I don't want to, you know, go to a business downtown and it be filthy, right? So we need somebody to clean that up. I don't want to go, you know, there's all the different things that I may not be good at, but it's important. Mm -hmm. And I think when we just open that up and say, you know what, how can I make money doing what I love? I think it's possible. I, I've, I'm... I've, <laughs> person that believes that. Yeah. Now, when I met you, you were doing different things than you're yes. doing now. So when did you kind of come into like, hey, this is really what I love doing. I love helping big people build, you know, businesses and build their dream lives. 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 <laughs> lives. There we go. Lives. <laughs> yeah. Words sometimes. Um, but when did you kind of go like, hey, this is, I can make money doing this. I, you know, I, I am a genius at this. <laughs> so what's funny is uh, what I was doing before was actually a direct, it's, it was a direct circle from what I'm doing now. Um, when I, 
uh, when we first met, I was actually making custom wedding gowns uh, for Orthodox Jewish women and other religious women uh, and uh, other formal wear. Um, and how I ended up there was actually the same reason why, the same reason why I do what I do now, which was at the time I had kind of had this moment where I was like, I really want someone to take a chance on me because I know business inside and out in a little context to me. Uh, I am, have always been a builder. Uh, even as a kid, I was a, you know, I preferred blocks over dolls, right? I pretended to be an international businesswoman when I was make-believe, right? Um, I've had more Forbes and Entrepreneur magazines than I've ever had of Vogue or fashion magazines. It's just always been something that I've been intrigued about. Uh, and so I follow it like most people follow sports. I follow business in that kind of a way, right? And so it has always been just a natural curiosity for me. Um, and some of you may resonate with that with like, yeah, I've always followed certain certain things more than others. And I just didn't know that that wasn't just a hobby, but that was, uh, it could be a, a, an avocation, if you will. Um, so, so I had kind of like had this moment where I was like, I really want someone to take a chance on me and allow me to build their business, right? Because I know I can do it. Like if I just had the right opportunity and I got that opportunity uh, with a little old Persian man working in the fashion district uh, and I helped him build his business, a, a formal and bridal boutique. And then while I was there, there was a need, right? And this need was, I love this dress but it's missing this, or I love this dress, but I can't wear it because of that. And I was like, well, if we fix that, would you buy it? And they're like, yes. And I was like, awesome. So let's figure out how we can fix it, right? Buy the dress and I'll figure it out. So I worked in collaboration with a tailor across the street and I would literally be all day, I'd spend my day selling a dress, walking them across the street, selling a dress, walking them across the street, selling a dress, walking them across the street. And the owner of the dress store was like, you can't keep spending your time walking across the street. I was like, well, maybe we should have a tailor in-house. So then I suggested to him to have a tailor in-house. I also negotiated 50% of this part because this was my addition to his business. Uh, and then began to manage my, my mink couture was what I called it, which was inside of the store. That was the alteration and um, custom clothing part, uh, as well as managing his store. Right. So even in being of service in that way, I still was able to find an opportunity for me to be able to do what I do. Um, and process of building that business. At some point, it came to the time where my business was like so big inside of his business that was kind of like eclipsing uh, my my availability for time. Uh, and so we decided to part ways. I took all of my clients and the business that I had negotiated during the time. Uh, to be mine, I take it, took it out uh, and had my own custom clothing business. Even in that, I still had a co-working space with other designers because I had machines. I had a facility. Uh, if you need a, a sewing machine, feel free to come and use mine and, you know, just kick in a couple of bucks. Uh, I even had like shared space where they could just come and market, uh, you know, or like collaborate and like market different things. We did fashion shows together. We did bridal shows together. We did all kinds of things together because it was easier to share resources when you're working together than when you're trying to do everything by yourself, right? Uh, and so I was always, my door was always open. Uh, we had pop-up pop-up um, stores in my, in my studio. 
where we would have little sip and shop events and I was none of the clothing was mine. It was other other people who had clothing that they wanted to sell. But the idea was this collaboration. So even when I was doing something completely different than what I'm actually doing now, right? It's exactly the same concept of what I'm doing now. Currently, I have a co-working space where I support entrepreneurs in their own individual businesses. And we are collaborating and using resources together and supporting each other as we build essentially the world that we want to live in. Um, because I've decided that if I'm going to have that kind of platform, if I'm going to have that kind of space, I want people who are actually trying to enhance and expand the world that we live in as opposed to just doing a business for money. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's not fun to just chase money. I always say that, that I work, I do the things I need to do and money works for me. Like it's, it's not my problem how the money gets to me. I've got all these things going on. I got all these avenues. I'm going to go out and do what I feel the world needs. Like if I'm not out there making a difference in my world, then, then what is the point of me just sitting in the corner and gathering money? Like, what is it for? What's the point? Exactly. I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I like, I like the money. I'm not saying I don't like money. <laughs> we need money because if we don't have money, we can't, we also can't yeah. go out and change our world. So those things work hand in hand, but that's not my focus. My focus is doing my thing and helping people and, and being a part of, of things versus like, you know, get away from me. You're going to take my money. And, yeah. yeah. Uh, because I feel like, and I know you and I are on the same page with this. It's like when you have your hands open to help, you also have your hands open to receive. Like, mm -hmm. you know, but when you're all closed off about me, 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 uh, what is that for? I, yeah. I don't, I have this conversation all the time. Like, I have no problem with rich people. I don't understand what you do with a billion dollars. Like, I cannot fathom, like, what that, why, why you would need to not pay me a living wage just so you can have that. That doesn't make sense to me. Yeah. I'm like, let's all work together and let's make this can a better I, place for everyone. I will everyone. give you some clarity. I'll actually give you some clarity. So a lot of okay. the times when people are not completely open to feeling, right, to F-E-L, their life, they tend to fill F-I-L, their life, right? And, um, humanity has kind of gotten away from that feel part, right? We want to avoid feelings. We want to avoid uncomfortable. We want to avoid pain. We want to avoid all the things. And so we spend time filling our time, filling our spaces, filling our bank account because we don't want to feel the feelings, right? And so one barometer that I use and that I teach my children um, specifically about having a job is never do anything for money that you wouldn't do for free, right? So if you wouldn't willingly and open-heartedly play in that space or do that job, no amount of money is going to be worth that, that thing. There's, you know, some people like, oh, well, if you paid me this much, I'd do that. You got to be able to come into a space of, of making money from a space of like, oh, I would do this 100% of the time for free. But mm -hmm. I, am, I will gladly take the paycheck that comes along with this. And when you do that, what happens is you've opened yourself to two universal principles. One, 
is this abundance, right? Abundance comes from a space of uh, the law that says if you what you have, uh, what you have, you'll get more of. What you lack, you'll lose more of, right? And so, mm-hmm. if you're in this space of, oh, I have enough generosity to do this for free, uh, you'll get money for it, hand over fist, right? Uh, especially because at that point, you're not coming from a place of like, well, I hope you'll pay me for this. You'll be coming from a place of like, oh no, this is my wheelhouse. It's my specialty. This is my jam. I'm good at this. We're going to do it. We're going to have fun. I I got it. Right. And when you're around people who got it and feel good and they're confident, then you're like, oh my gosh, like clearly you're good at this. What, what, how much do I need to pay you in order to keep this energy around when we get jobs that we are only doing for money. We don't come into that space that way. We don't come into the space of like, I got this. I love this. This is my jam. I'm kicking it. Woo, woo. Like we're not coming into it in that way. We're like, what do you want me to do? What do I got to do next? What's the next thing? Like, let's just hurry up and get this over with so that I can get my money and go. Right. And that energy creates more of that. It creates more drain it creates more nobody wants to hang out with that nobody wants to hang out with that no one and people will give you exactly what you're asking for at that point like well how much am i supposed to pay you okay well that's all i got for you here you go Mm -hmm. think about it when you have a waiter who seems like they love their job you're willingly to able to give them that 22 percent tip right like oh you know what that was amazing what else do i how much more money can i give you right versus when you have the one who shows up and is like are you going to order? <laughs> You're like, I don't think I'm going to tip that, right? Yeah. It's it's that same concept, but it would in every job you do. The waiter who comes is like, how can I serve you? I remember I had the best service. And the man was like, uh, he asked, kept asking me my permission. May I bring you some ketchup? May I bring you another, another glass? May I take your order? It was like, and I was like, well, yes, please do. Let me go off on a little rabbit hole because of you, because you said that. So how did that make you feel when he asked you for permission? (gasps) I was like, well, I mean, yes. (laughs) I had like this whole regalness that came in me. My like posture changed and I was like, well, yes. And I also felt even more generous towards him because I was like, that's so sweet of you to ask that if you can bring me mayo, <laughs> if you can bring me ketchup for my hamburger, that, wow. Yeah, it, it was really empowering. Okay, so when we're like sending messages and sending emails and sending links, how about we say, hey, I saw blah, 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 start a conversation. Be actually curious about that person as yeah. a human and then say, I would love to connect with you. Can I, are you okay if I send you my calendar link mm-hmm. instead of just like spamming their stuff? You know what? I have something that I think you would love to look at. Would you mind if I sent you that link? Oh yeah, go ahead. And then, then they ask for that link mm-hmm. and they're like way more apt to a open the link and do something with it. And yes. B not think that you're just out there spamming, like buy my stuff, buy my stuff, buy my yeah. stuff. My, like, my, I agree with this 100%. I, I always say my my sales cycle is 100% opt-in, right? Like it's 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 100% self-qualifying opt-in because I do think it is 
it is a it is a co it's a co-collaboration with your client it is a it is a co-creation experience and everyone needs to kind of opt in the entire time uh, for us it's that whole remember when they were going through the me too thing they're like what you didn't know you that was a thing you didn't you didn't want my unwanted smack on the ass and it's like I mean, if I like was like, hey, then that's one thing. But I didn't do that. <laughs> like, yeah, you need my permission. I was literally just existing. <laughs> I was just, just existing. here. And I was assaulted by what you thought was what, you know, it's it's, it's that same thing in business. Sometimes you, you really need to realize that all of the people who are a part of your business are in co-creation. And what's funny is sometimes in our community, I'll ask, is it OK if we do this? And they'll be like, what are you talking about? We've been doing this for forever. And it's like, but. I always want you to feel like you have a choice. I always want you to feel like no is an acceptable answer uh, and be comfortable in that. And, uh, and it'd be like simple things like, uh, uh, is it okay if, if, if we do the show <laughs> at a different time or if, if, if I can help you with this or if I can give you this advice or if I could you know, change, edit this for you um, because you do want people to feel like they have a part in it as well. So yeah, just rabbit hole, but this is a good one. I, yeah, I, I just because I because just you could see when you were telling the story, you lit up and it's yeah. like, see, we need to think about that in our business yeah. when we don't just like here. We this can help you do this. Nobody likes to be talked to like no. that. No one likes to be talked to like that. So keep that. That's oh, a little yeah. extra bonus tip. <laughs> so why do you think it's so important to to really have a heart centered business if you want to succeed in your photography business? And I I We've talked about that in some of the you know other questions, but really focusing on really your your love um, for the community and really being heart centered in that. Yeah. Um, so money follows excellence. First things first, right? And we can't step into excellence if we are not actually following our heart and our passion. Uh, it's really hard to show up as someone else um, when you're at best going to be a bad imitation of who they are, right? I mean, we've heard that that phrase before. It's like you trying to be someone else is a bad imitation of who they are, and it's not you. And so when you can actually follow your heart and like really in our in our program, in your programs too, I know we talked about like the just statement, right? I just want this, right? When you build your business around what you really want and the activities that you really want, and you uh, are clear about what you really want, it makes all of the work substantially easier because the things that you love, you can lean into and you can spend all day, every day doing that. And the things that you don't love that are still necessary to thrive in your business, you're also open for collaboration with people who love that, right? And who can actually do that. And if they're heart-centered as well, um, you'll get more than what you're asking for, for whatever it is the exchange of energy is supposed to be. Uh, and I, we are good friend Bob, right? Bob is a perfect example of that, right? He loves coffee. Oh God, he loves writing coffee. He is like, he eats, sleeps, breathes coffee, right? And he's really good at it. And Peggy and I, I don't know if she's told on herself, but I know I am create, linguistically creative, Yes. Uh, words are spelled however that I decide they're spelled that day. And uh, sentences form however they form. 
And, you know, it's it's a creative expression. Some people don't appreciate it as much as others do. Uh, but it's not necessarily my strong suit. I could sit and try to write copy, but uh, Peggy and I have both sat down together and tried to write copy. And we both threw separate temper tantrums about the same thing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not what we do. But having that collaboration with Bob, he's like, oh, I'll just send you a, a little something. And then what did we get in exchange? all of this other pages stuff. <laughs> of pages of pages. So Bob, um, he taught, uh, one of the, the courses as did you in the, uh, or one of the lessons in the, in the program. Um, but Bob, so when I was trying to like get my words together to, to like say, Hey world, I'm here. I had like 12 pages of what I call word vomit. It was like everything I'd ever said about the program, everything I thought. And I was like, here, Bob, could you make this sound like, like an actual human wrote it and make it, you know, make sense in an, in an order and so forth. And, and you know, because I sent you like when, when it came back to me, it came back to me in a website form, like with pictures and diagrams. And he's like, just, Put that up and I was like, what? <laughs> yeah. But that's because that's his his genius. Like, mm -hmm. I'm not good at that. You're not good at that. We clearly have discussed that that is not something that you and I trade services with. We both mm -hmm. suck at. I'm dyslexic and you know, I know my strength. My brain does not work with words, and that's fine because I like my brain. I like all the other things it does. So I yeah. find other people like Bob that can work with the words so that I can effectively communicate my message. <laughs> but, you know, I, I'm sorry. We're, we're, see, I knew this was going to happen. You, Monica and Peggy don't stay on topic what? well together. Like, I mean, but, but it goes back to the heart centered business, which is when you identify what you want and what you love and what you're passionate about and you follow your heart in that way where the gaps are, you find other people who are equally passionate about those gaps. You pull it together and magic happens. Magic. Magic. So you and I, before we came on, we were talking about someone else. Um, but the, the gist of it was like feeling like, um, like, like you and I are like, I know that you're not perfect, Monica. And Monica clearly knows that Peggy's not perfect. So let's tell, tell on yourself a little bit here. Yeah. When did real life happen? When did you not um, follow your heart? When were you not really living in that space? Yeah. And how did you like redirect and correct that and get back into a, an amazing heart-centered business? Yeah, so part of my broken, what we call broken brain, right? It's not really broken brain, but it's just how my brain is kind of like skewed, not doing something that I want is very difficult. <laughs> it's a very difficult. Um, I, I don't know that there's been any time that I've done something that I, I didn't want, but there have been definite times where I was pushed more by the pain of my life instead of the vision of what I was trying to create or what I was trying to do. Um, and really kind of a depression. Um, I had a miscarriage and I, I was living in a fog of a depression that I didn't even realize I was in for several years. Um, and 
all of those decisions were things that I kind of that I kind of wanted, I guess, technically, but they were just like skewed views of what what would fix how I was feeling or like what would alter would be exactly what I wanted. And it wasn't until like I had finally hit like this rock bottom moment where I was like, I can't do this no more, right? And this is the last time I could ever be here again because I I just can't I can't keep having just stuff happen. Uh, I sat down in a park with a 99 cent notebook and a pack of pens and I was like, we're gonna figure this today. Today's the day we're gonna figure this all out. And that was when I decided like, okay, well, what do I really want? And I, I wanted to live three words, which was healthy, wealthy, and fulfilled. I was like, if I could do those three things, if I could live healthy, like really healthy, but like not just physically healthy. When we think healthy, we think my body is healthy, so I am healthy, but I wanted healthy relationships. I wanted a healthy bank account. <laughs> I wanted a healthy um, a healthy way of living that was like harmonious, you know, mm-hmm. like where everything was working together. Um, and I wanted to have like wealth, but like not just money, right? But wealth in like, just like rich experience, you know, like that, like cozy, gooey experiences. You're like, oh my God, that was so much fun. Like I wanted to be able to enjoy life in in all of the places down to the, the, the savoring the flavors of food to uh, having wild experiences to traveling um, and all of that is kind of what I saw as the wealth of life, right? Being able to kind of have the ability to have my time and use it how I want to use it. Uh, and I wanted to be able to express myself. And because the first 12 years of my life were what I call the invisible years, and there wasn't a whole lot of outside communication coming from me, um, I wanted to be able to express myself in a great way. I wanted to be able to express myself in all of the ways. And that was when I kind of came up with this concept of like, you know, I'm really good both creatively and also uh, very analytical and like practical. And everybody knows I love a good spreadsheet. Like, uh, <laughs> like I get excited for spreadsheets, um, but I also get excited for colors and drawing and pictures and photography and fashion and all of those things too. And I wanted all of the expressions of who I was to kind of come fully forward. And that day in that park, I decided that I was going to like write a vision for myself and then follow that vision and only say yes to things that directly got me closer to that vision. And if it wasn't aligned with that vision, it was just a, it was a it was a no. It was just a hard no. Um, and it took about four years for the story that I wrote out to actually fully, I mean, with great detail to actually be like directly. I'm looking around like. Oh my God, I'm here. I live here. This I is live it. here. Right? Four years to get there. And then when I got there, I was like, oh, well, if I could do this, what else could what I, else I do? Could I do? <laughs> <laughs> and so then I leaned in even more and was like, okay, so I, if I can do this for myself, what can I do for the world? And that's kind of the phase that I'm in now, right? I can, I, I've manifested for myself and got all the things for myself. But now I'm like, how can we manifest for the world? How can I help young people manifest lives that actually are healthy, wealthy, and fulfilled for themselves so that they can help us build a world that is healthy, wealthy, and fulfilled in the future? How can I help people who have been traumatized and institutionalized like be able to like turn that pain and suffering and, and, and chaos and crazy 
into something that is beautiful, that's profound for the world, how can I have conversations with indigenous people and figure out how the rest of us can like learn how to be more harmonious with the earth because they're doing it better than we are and talking to billionaires is dumb because they don't know how to, they don't know where their toilet is. They don't know where their plumbing goes. They don't know where their food is made. So because of that, why are we talking to them about sustaining the earth? And so now I get to be in co-creation space with amazing entrepreneurs who are heart-centered, who are helping me figure out how we're going to change the world. And I say we're creating a parallel universe. Uh, and in this parallel universe, we are able to kind of like function in our full weirdness. This this body has some weird things that happen into it. This mind is strange and crazy beautiful. Uh, my emotions are vast and open and wide and deep and complex. And all of that can live in a, in a harmonious place with Peggy's wideness of her feelings and emotions and, and her visions and beautiful creativity and her the way her body does the weird things that it does and we could all be in this space together but it's not like bumping against each other in, in horrible ways but it's like 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 actually like allowing us to unfold as even better humans because we're in the same together so that's the parallel universe that peggy and i get to live in sometimes and uh, yes. <laughs> that's that's really kind of where where my journey has brought me to this point I love that. I love that story. So speed round, one last tip, one tip to help people really focus on being a heart-centered business. All right, ready, go. Yes. Uh, so first, the first thing you must do is identify who you are. Remember earlier I said, if you don't hack yourself, you're going to whack yourself. Um, in order for you to be a heart-centered business, you have to know you inside and out so much that your doctors can't tell you what's happening in your body better than you, that your that anybody around you can't tell you what's happening uh, with you better than you. You need to know what you love, what you don't love, what you uh, what you're good at, what you're not good at. All of those things are going to be really necessary to be a heart-centered business person. You essentially have to become an expert of you and how you interact with other people so that you can bring out the best in them as well. Um, so focus on yourself and really kind of going in because we build in businesses from the inside out so money flows from the outside in. Absolutely. And I, I grew up in a very abusive environment and then I married into an abusive environment and then I did it again and it wasn't until then that I was like okay well I'm stuck and people would in all of those times and even when I got out of that people would say things to me like what do you like to do what kind of music do you like what movies do you like I'll just watch whatever like I didn't know and I really didn't know because I had never, ever allowed Peggy to, to figure out what Peggy liked and what Peggy, you know, I knew I liked photography, but outside of that, like, I didn't know, I didn't take the time. And then once I started diving into the things that I really liked and who I really was and discovering that, that is when I was able to come out and, and present those things and help my community, you know, hopefully the world, like, because when you don't take the time to know you, you don't know where your strong points are 
and you don't know where your triggers are and you don't know how to like navigate the world. So I love that you said that. So I, I, I'm just going to like add on to that and say, yes, that's yeah. absolutely that part. That part. <laughs> uh, you've got to know, you've got to know. Monica, thank you so much for hanging out with me today. It's always fun to hang out with you. Uh, no, I love hanging out with you too. Thank you for having me on the show and giving me space to kind of share. So you can find Monica at MonicaMHenderson.com and like everything at, we didn't even mention, uh, Monica does stand up yes. um, motivational comedy, stand up motivational comedy. Like it's, it's going to be a thing and she's making it a thing. Uh, it's awesome. Um, so many things that she does jump on her calendar and uh, chat with her for 15, 20 minutes and find out all there is to know about Monica. Um, and that'll be in the description below. So thank you again. No problem. Bye, Bye guys. We'll see you next week.